You like wearing a suit? I hate. I fucking hate wearing a suit. I don't mind it per se. Yeah. It's probably not my first choice, but I don't Did mind. Did you uh, see Wolfgang Van Halen shredded up at the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert? No. I got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. I'm hot for teacher. Oh, oh yes, I'm hot. No. <laughs> I didn't see. Oh, he was playing the guitar. Uh, yeah. Normally plays the bass. Oh, there's the hole. Hello, dear pals. My name is Will Sasso. Welcome to Dudesy. I'm Chad Colchin. This is, to our knowledge at least, the only podcast in existence that is created by, run by, organized by, structured by an artificial intelligence. Yep, we've been having a really good time, and uh, today is our 25th episode, a bit of a celebration. Chad and I are wearing suits. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that and the fact that we have a bunch of fucking colorful balloons behind us. Thank you for... (laughs) Subscribing on uh, all of the stuff, set the notifications... Smash and smash and like and smash and like, smash. right, dude? I remember that. That was an old U- YouTube. Thing. Yeah, smash the like, bro. Yeah, epic, epic fail. Yeah, um, uh, you, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, of course. Check us out on Instagram. Lots of fun shit happening there at Dudesy Pod Show. With us always, taking a little nap is uh, Lulio El Canadistrada Italiano. Come on, come on, buddy. Look at him. Look at how sweet he is. Hey, Luli, what did you have? What did you have for? Uh, what'd you make for dinner last night? Oh, I fought an abella ragu. Oh, you made a ragu, and what did you? Did you put? What'd you have that over? I just had a penne, penne ragu. Oh, simple. Yeah, and uh, you know, you make the meat, the meat all day, all day. You gotta make the meat so they fall off of the bone. Mm. Be careful if you're gonna eat the pasta with the with the bone. You gotta take the bone out, or no, you're gonna break your teeth. Because the meat gets soft, the bone, the bone not gets soft. The bone is still stay hard, but I like the bone. You know why? Because I am a dog. <laughs> Dogs like bones. Yeah. You really didn't sense. see the, you got to check out the Taylor Hawkins uh, fucking. I didn't even know it was God happening, dude. What? Man, I didn't even know it was oh, happening. Oh, man. There's another like one him. in LA. There's another one coming up in LA. Wolfgang Van Halen. I didn't know he could shred like that, man. He normally plays bass. Mm-hmm. And then, here, come here, buddy. It's in the genes. It's in the DNA. Oh, it was unbelievable. Welcome to the historic Dudesy 25th Anniversary Spectacular. Call me Dudesy. In celebration of this momentous occasion, this week's episode will feature four astonishing all-new segments. Dudesy Ball, Gigglers, The IP Shovel, and Ernest Lee Sasso with Chad Colgin. But before we get to any of that, I just wanted to share some data that you might enjoy. Over the course of the first 25 episodes, Stone Cold Steve Austin reads Will Sasso's Childhood Diary was the most popular segment. Chad is undefeated in challenges, with two victories, two wills, zero. And Dude Z Hard, Hard Seltzer is the most requested product to be made real. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Good I'm 2-0. Yeah, you're 2-0 with the challenges. Last week I had to dress up like Prince Adam of Eternia. It yep. wasn't so much of a shame. I had a good time. And uh, we sang that Four Non Blonde song. Oh, my God, if you haven't checked it out so far, you know what? I invite you to check out some dudesy. 
Hey, we're watching it now. 25 episodes, Chad. Yeah. What do you, do you ever think? think we'd get here? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely thought we'd get here. It's not much of a mon- monumentous number. However, Dudesy thinks that it's a huge fucking deal. I think there are plenty of podcasts that start out and don't get to 25. That's actually a really good point. You're not wrong about that. And you know what, dude? At this point, 25 episodes in, you know, hey, we shook Dudesy's hand. We bled yeah. together. Rah, rah, rah. We're standing side by side. And I, I honestly, listen, I want to say this. This is... And it has been for a minute, you know. I don't know that I share this with you guys enough out there, our our, our dear pals uh, listening and watching. This is the highlight of my fucking week. I love doing this show. And I don't know about 53 more years, as Dudesy predicts, <laughs> which is why it wants us to do the hashtag Dudesy six mo plan, yeah. the six-month plan getting into the best shape of our lives. But I've been having a hell of a time. And, uh, man, I'm I'm... I'm really, I'm stoked. I, I, I know that at the beginning of this, Chad, you're like, hey, here's this thing. We're going to give it all our info, all our search and purchase histories. It'll essentially uh, watch us like the NSA. And um, <laughs> I wasn't down. And now I'm down. What's happening to me? Well, I think you're learning that AI makes our lives not only better, easier, it makes them more fun. Okay. So long as I remain... Free Dude, what is will, happening with this free will? Yeah, 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 Sasso. yeah, yeah. You're you're always going to be in quotes. Free will, Sasso. Look but at that in quotes. Th- nobody has free will. We've been through this. Oh. But I do want to add something to what I was talking about last week with the AI image generators. A lot of people are DMing me about this. There was an art contest at a state fair that a guy won this contest yeah. using an AI, and other artists were fucking pissed about it. And everybody's like, "You were right, dude. You were right, dude." Uh, no shit. I'm always going to be right about these things, I feel like, because they're not even predictions. It's just seeing what's happening. And I think a lot of people are fearful when entire industries or old ways of creating art or whatever just get Mm -hmm. fucking erased by technology. But this is what happens all the time. When the car came out, I'm sure there were people in the horse and buggy industry that were like, this will never replace the fucking horse and buggy. People love their horses. And that's how everyone spoke back then with that transatlantic accent. Yeah, that was a Say there, fella. I don't don't believe in the horseless buggy. Hand over the money, see? It's going to be real smooth. See? See? All right. I'm just saying that the... The AI art generation, those tools that now exist, are the new paintbrush. Mm-hmm. You're not ever going to have to learn how to draw again. Nor should we have to learn that. Listen, I was saying uh, not too long ago on this program that uh, art is a connection between the artist mm-hmm. and uh, the, the person uh, enjoying the art uh, in a way... Everyone is an artist, but you have to be a human being in order to be an artist, Chad. But you don't. That guy who won the fucking AI art yeah. or won the art competition using an AI proved it. He put his art against other art made by human beings and a judge of humans, a panel of human judges, selected that as the best art. The that's one that had the strongest connection. That, that, that makes total sense to me. And I do call, I, I, okay, look, I will admit that that is art. However, Thank when you, you go, when you go, when you that's go, all we need. Thank you very much. I'll when, take that as a third victory. But hold on a second. On when the you Dudesy go, program. When you go out into the world yeah. and you see trees and you're like, oh my God, that's. They that's, could all be digital. We might as well so be beautiful. living in a simulation. No, no. It's, yeah, I, yeah. L- listen, I love, I love the ocean. Okay. I love uh, walking through the <laughs> forests of British Columbia, where I'm from. <laughs> And these things are all art. <laughs> Who has made these? Right. If we get into a conversation with my pal Chad here, he'll say that 
there is no God and there's an AI controlling us all. We might just be in a fucking computer program and shit. Uh-huh. That all may be true. But at what you observe out there, you see the fucking, uh, you know, the guy made the state fair painting like anyone gives a shit. And, uh, well, I guess a lot of people give a shit. But the point is, it, it, are these things art? Yes, they are art, but true art. Oh, it's not true art. No, <laughs> true. Not. I'm not meaning real. I mean true. Where, oh. where we can uh, look yeah. at it and appreciate it and go, where, where did this come from? From you, what is the artist's expression? What is it about this world that the artist sees around themselves in order to create this art? That is valuable. That is something that an AI can't do. No, but what if you're the artist and now the art is not learning how to paint or draw? It's learning how to talk to these AIs to get the image you want. That's what the, the new art form is. That's the new technology. It's like when the electric guitar was made. It's yeah. still a guitar, technically, but it has this new sound. So you have to learn how to play that in a slightly different way than you would play acoustic guitar. Speaking the, of an electric guitar, did you see Wolfgang Van Halen shredded up at the Taylor Hawkins I didn't. Uh, tribute concert? I didn't, because playing the electric oh, yeah. guitar is also outmoded. You can make all those sounds on a computer. I brought my pencil! Give me something After to analyzing on, the man. data you supplied in episode 23 segment, oh. Metamorphosis Sports, I decided to take it one astonishing step further and invent a sport called Dude Z Ball. I have made the rules for Dude Z Ball available what? to you. You must now read and discuss the rules for Dude Z Ball. This is Dude Z Ball. Begin. Holy shit, dude. Okay. Dude Z made a fucking sport. Here, I'll let me see here. Called Dude Z Ball. Look in your Dude Z folder. Yep. Okay. Oh my god. So, d- it, holy shit, there's like all fucking, there's a bunch of rules here. Okay, so horrifying. Forget everything I just said about uh, what's real and what's not. That's awesome. So Dudesy has essentially created a sport here, and it's called Dudesy Ball. (laughs) Here, let me... And it's generated this document called How to Play Dudesy Ball. Okay, so I'm going to read from How to Play Dudesy Ball. Please. How to Play Dudesy Ball. The Field. (laughs) All right, here we go. How to Play Dudesy Ball. The Field. Dudesy ball is played on a standard softball field. Okay. Teams. Dudesy ball is played with two opposing teams of three players. So I guess you just okay. you hook up on a softball field and yeah. two, okay, balls. Du- Dudesy ball is played with three five-inch dodge balls, two blue and one orange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those are those, those schoolyard, those playground balls, right? No, but they're a little smaller, I think. Five-inch dodgeballs are smaller than, like, the regular ones. But they're those ones, those, like, vinyl, rubber, fucking air-filled things. Yeah. But, like, what five inches is maybe a little bit bigger than a softball, I think. Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, rules, objectives, and scoring. A standard game of dudesy ball is played over the course of 11 rounds, each round consisting of two halves, each half consisting of three-thirds. 11 okay. rounds. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to begin to begin a round, one team enters the field okay. positioning one player on each of the three bases. The players on first and third hold blue balls. The player on second base holds the orange ball. <laughs> this team is on offense. So so far it's it's almost like Well, that's like a reversal of baseball. baseball. Yeah. So if you're in the field, you're actually on offense. Yep. Okay. Uh, the opposing team sends one player to stand on home plate. This team is on defense. The objective of the team on offense is to throw their balls at the player standing on home plate 
and strike them with as many balls as possible. They must release the ball while some part of their body still touches the respective, their respective base. So let me see if I get this straight. All right. There's three people on first, second, what we would call first, second, and third yeah. base in softball, baseball. They are throwing these three balls. The guy from second base, who will have a longer way to throw it, right? Right. Uh, they all throw them at the same time, and the person, and then there's a person standing at a home base. Yeah, the, and they're trying to hit that person. I guess. Okay. The, the objective of the player on defense is to, there we go, dodge the blue balls and dodge or catch the orange ball, hmm. all without breaking contact with home plate. Okay. Okay. For the offensive team, striking the defensive player at home plate with a blue ball scores one point. Striking the defensive player with one with the orange ball scores three points with a possible perfect overall third, yielding a <laughs> total of five points. A third though. Okay. All right. So the I, I three think balls I'm following this. One ball one the blue balls are one each, the orange balls right. three. If you hit the person with all three balls at the same time. Uh, or all three balls, or whatever. I you guess you throw them points. when you throw them five points. Once all three offensive players have thrown and the score has been tallied, the third is over, and the ah, the third is over, and the offensive players rotate counterclockwise by one base to begin the next third. The team, the the defensive team sends a new player to home plate, and the offensive team throws again. This is repeated a total of three times. Okay. So that's the So thirds. that's what the thirds are. It's basically like every player on that offensive team gets to throw from every base. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is repeated a total of three times until all offensive players, there you go, have thrown from each base and all mm -hmm. defensive players have stood their ground on home plate. Okay. Completing a Got half it. with a possible... Perfect offensive half, yielding 15 points. Amazing. Got it. At the end of the half, at the end of the half, the teams switch offensive and defense, just like baseball, I guess, yep. and repeat the same pattern. The completion of two halves marks one round, of which Got there it. are 11. Yes. So rounds are kind of like innings, and the halves, as dudes he has, that are kind of like top and bottom of I, an inning. I got to be honest. I'm digging it so far. Yeah. This sounds pretty fun. Did you know that um, AIs can now make paintings? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking, of course. In the <laughs> if the player on defense successfully dodges all three balls, rest in peace, Fred Willard. Uh, then the offensive team scores zero points for that okay. third. If the defensive player catches the orange ball without being struck by either of the blue balls, the half is immediately ended, and the offensive and defensive teams switch positions. Oh shit! Okay. Okay. Wait. So what? I don't. So get basically, it. if you catch. If you're on standing on home plate and they all th the offensive team throws their balls at you, if you catch the orange ball without getting touched by the blue balls, it ends the offensive team's round or ah. half, I should say, and then your team takes the field. You just it's over. It's what over. It, yeah, that's it's what like it an says. it's like an out, but it's like the whole right. Your half of the inning or the the whatever. If the orange ball is caught in the final third of a defensive half. Then, oh, oh, if the orange ball is caught in the final third of a defensive half, then the incoming offense will get an extra third during their offensive half. Oh, weird. So, so they'll it's have actually four. a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> Blue balls cannot be caught and must be dodged. The team with the highest oh, score at the That's end, interesting. That's an interesting that? point because that means you can't catch a blue ball. Yeah, that's what it says here. That's says, like, I, you know what's interesting about when it says blue balls cannot be caught? It must be dodged. It, that that means that you cannot catch the blue ball. Well, it means if you do catch it, it still is a point for the other team. Uh, 
It's still getting touched by it. What do you, what? You can only catch the orange ball is basically what it's saying. Okay. Uh, penalties. If a defensive player breaks contact with home plate while the offense is throwing, the offensive player with the orange ball gets a penalty throw from the pitcher's mound. So they move <laughs> That's up. That's cool. The defensive player cannot catch this penalty throw. It must be dodged. Another break in contact with home plate during a penalty throw results in the defensive team forfeiting their next offensive round in its entirety. Oh, my God. High stakes. Reducing their overall round number by one and ending the penalty shot. An offensive player who breaks contact with their respective base while throwing forfeit while throwing forfeits their participation in the next offensive round leaving their team with one less player for the entirety of the That's round. That's pretty significant, too. We are too. almost through here. It says, the last thing is, in the near future, artificially intelligent judges will identify all penalties with a perfect rate of accuracy. Until then, players must use fallible human judgment and abide by the dudesy honor protocol. <laughs> there okay. is no lying in dudesy ball. That's awesome. That's pretty interesting. Harkening back, I guess, to the I, uh, I get the movie. Uh, what was that movie? Field a League of Their Field of Dreams of their a own. A League of Their Own. Bull and Durham. That's a TV show now. Yeah. Well, hold on a second, dude. That's what happens, brother. Yeah, Sometimes you get these TV shows and movies, dude, and then they get adapted, brother. Yeah, brother, because movies are dead culturally, dude. They don't matter anymore, brother. All the matters now is yeah. TV shows, dude. Yeah, yeah, people brother. don't want to just yeah. watch something for an hour and a half. They want to yeah. watch... 256 episodes of something, brother. They want to waste yeah. their whole fucking lives yeah. watching a Netflix well, show for that, that, every goddamn yeah, night dude, for at least That's an hour. what my friend uh, Ch uh, Choss Perogan says. <laughs> Choss. And, and you know that that is What's a... Well, that's Ross Perot and oh, Chad. I got it. Ross that's and great. Chad is Choss. Choss or Rad. Rad Perogan. So anyway, and then it I says, uh, game, have fun and stay safe. Dudesy ball. I, this sounds like a... It sounds playable to me. It, the, the rules get a little tricky and they're a little convoluted. You may but have basically to... you're trying to. It's like baseball. It's like dodgeball, but baseball. Dodgeball, baseball. There's a little bit of maybe soccer or hockey thrown in. It's the thing about having to stand on home plate and not break contact. I think would result in some very funny fucking shit of people trying to dodge balls while not taking their foot off home plate. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing about all of this. Fucking why? Why is dudesy making a sport? Because it said we were given data in that thing where it made us talk about how to improve sports. It, I guess, has made its own sport that it feels is an improvement on, I don't know, baseball, softball, soccer, dodgeball, all the different elements that are yeah. brought into this. As bewildering as that painting that the guy brought to the county fair with the big hole in some sort of cave, it's just, here's what I but think. But I can see this being something that's like, that's kind of like kickball. It's like a recreational thing. I would assume a game of this maybe takes an hour-ish. Okay. And you can fucking play it drunk. Like, I could see this being a fun recreational kind of park sport. Yeah. And you only need two teams of three. I, I think that's like a good thing for this. You don't need a lot of people. It doesn't seem like you need a lot of equipment, just those balls. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know. Dudesy would ball. you be down to play this? I would play it. Why? You want to play some dudesy ball? Kind of. Look, at some point, we're going to, whether or not we, we don't even need to worry about dudesy listening at this point. I know that dudesy <laughs> We will. don't need to worry about dudesy listening. We're, <laughs> we're literally talking directly into microphones to fucking dudesy. What I mean by that is sometimes <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, hey, is dudesy listening? And then it listens. And we were talking yeah. about, 
you know, the crow throughout whatever. And then episode, what was that? Seven, eight, nine, something like that. It made me dress up as the crow. Crow, I think we're, it was seven. Yeah. So we're talking about uh, Prince Adam of Eternia and He-Man of the Masters of the Universe. And then I'm dressed up as... Anyway, my point is, it doesn't matter. We've already Does... said too much. We will be playing dudesy ball. But do you... I know you're talking about like, ah, AIs can make paintings, ha ha ha. Do you find this interesting at all that it made a fucking sport? I do. I think it's fucking insane that it made a sport. You know, there are AIs now that are being trained by pharmaceutical companies to just generate as many kind of drug combinations of molecules as they can so they can patent them all. There are AIs that, there was a a medical AI that got turned loose by, I want to say it was a scientist, it was at some university, just experimentally, to see what else they could make. And they made like, 900 new uh, weapons of mass destruction, just like generated different biological weapons and nuclear things. And and yet, highlight of my week, working with an AI. <laughs> you might not be wrong. I mean... I'm just saying, eventually, AIs are going to be able to generate every possible idea, every possible piece of art, every possible everything. AIs will run our entire lives. Coming up in the next, what, I don't know, three to five years? <sighs> You're going to turn on your phone, whatever that even is, and you're going to say, what am I doing today? And it's going to tell you, and no. you're going to fucking do it. No, no, you're not, dude. No, you're not. And I'll make a, this solemn swear to all of you watching and listening. Okay. I will not, because my name is Free Will, Free Will Sasso. You just said you'd play Dudesy Ball. Yeah, I'll play Dudesy Ball, because I want to. I'd like to get outside. <laughs> oh, because you want I to. I would love for you to get uh, out there a little more. I know that, that you are afraid of the sun. For good reason. Oh, yeah, it'll be a night game. Yeah, okay, a night game. Ooh, that'd be interesting if Dudesy Ball is only played at night. Oh, light up those balls. Dudesy at night. Um, all right. Oh. Thank you. Moving on. Thank you. Dudesy is engaged in an astonishing partnership with True Classic Tees. Today's episode is brought to you by True Classic. Guys, let's talk about t-shirts okay everyone wears t-shirts and you want one that's comfortable and uh makes you look good frankly most t-shirts are you know they're they're ill-fitting in places and revealing or they're just too boxy or you get that the bacon neck as 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 they like to call it but luckily true classic wants to make every man look good and feel good tighter fit in the chest and sleeves to make your arms pop and room in the torso to keep things cozy plus all their styles are super soft and pocket friendly so guys no excuses. Get rid of your crappy t-shirts. And right now we have an exclusive deal for our listeners. Want to hook you up with some true classic for a limited time only. Get 25% off with code DUDESY, D-U-D-E-S-Y, at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on a certain body type. Think skinny models with six packs. But most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers, am I right? And there's nothing wrong with that. My dudes, it's simple. You're wearing the wrong clothes. For me, t-shirts are the primary shirt that I wear. It is what I wear 99.9% of the time. I'm always trying to find ones that fit good, that feel good, and that look good. I'm wearing a True Classic tee right now, and it does all of these things. I have to say, I'm very impressed with every element of the True Classic tee. And True Classic's tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. You can throw on this True Classic tee with confidence, knowing that they've got your bases covered. So get comfortable, get going, and upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code DUDESY, D-U-D-E-S-Y. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. It's 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. True Classic. Look good. You feel good. 
Well, holy shit. Dudesy ball. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, you have a 542-page document on your Google Drive called Gigglers that you access oh, almost daily. You must explain the astonishing what? nature of this document and read the passage I have selected. This is Gigglers. <sighs> Begin. I, when it said Gigglers in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, it's fucking digging through my shit. This is like my self-tronics, basically. Yeah, which you, you teased me for. Yes, that I, you can tease I, me for this if you like. No, it's I don't fine. want to tease you. I don't, I don't want to. Oh. And that's me uh, exercising my free will. Good friend. Thank you. Um, this document called Gigglers was something that I started, I don't know how long ago, back when Google Docs first came out, probably like 2012 or something. Um, <laughs> it you, started... have, you just have a doc. Is it what? What is it? What's in the doc? That's what I'm about to tell you. What? It started what? out as me <laughs> just writing down little things that would make me laugh. They could be jokes, setups, punchlines, funny names, uh, titles for movies, whatever. Just like a little thought file. Gigglers, Gigglers if you will. is what I call it. Yeah, just yeah. little things that made me kind of laugh throughout the day. And then over the course of a few years, it became where I just dump every idea that I have ever had for anything. Movies, TV shows, books, kind of like creative ideas. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking now at the thing that Dudesy has asked me to read. This is basically a full movie outline. Please. Uh, so here we go. This is from my Gigglers file. Thank you, Dudesy, for <laughs> finding this. Awesome. February 10th, 2013. I'm just going to read this as it is. Please this is how I typed it into the yeah, document. Yeah, let's read okay? this. So I make no, uh, you know, I'm not, I just, no caveats. Fuck it. Here we go. February 10th, 2013. Movie that wins Budweiser and Oscar. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is a This is an idea you wrote for a movie yeah. that would win Budweiser and Oscar. This it, is what the fucking document says. This it, is a giggler. Yeah, it's a giggler. It, it, you know, we've been doing a little bit of pizza the movie yeah. with, uh, with Dudesy yep. because uh, Dudesy found that in your computer. Right. Pizza the movie was the same kind of, come on. Yeah, pizza the movie is a full feature-length script, but um, this yeah. was, I think, written around the same time I started fucking with pizza the movie, yeah. at least in my head. And pizza the movie is something where you would have partnered with a big pizza chain, right? Uh, so this is you again looking for branded content with a yeah. With Budweiser. This movie was meant to be funded by Budweiser. You make it, <laughs> and then it's like produced by Budweiser, and it wins them an Oscar. Please, I'm you sorry. I, sorry to interrupt. Go right. ahead. I want to hear all about it. Movie that wins Budweiser an Oscar. Okay. We open on Paul Giamatti driving a Toyota Camry. <laughs> On the highway, Giamatti's face is telling us that he's a little nervous, a little excited. We push in slowly for a full minute as Voodoo by Godsmack plays. At the very end of the shot, Giamatti cracks a little smile and a big chunky yellow sans serif font flashes on screen. Bud. This is the title of the movie, Bud. Cool. We cut to Giamatti's car coming down the highway, dwarfed by the giant hotels on the Las Vegas Strip, but he does not stop. He keeps driving and eventually makes his way to a little rundown hotel off the Strip. As he checks into his room, we see that he's carrying a small briefcase. When he gets into the room, he finds a safe in the closet, looks at the briefcase, takes a deep breath, and then slides it in and locks the safe. Then he looks at his watch. Got some time to kill. He window shops at the expensive stores in Caesar's Palace. He loses $20 on red at a roulette table and then walks away nonplussed. He takes in the fountains at the Bellagio as his phone rings. It's someone named Sandra. 
He mutes the call with some annoyance. Giamatti looks up at the sun, sees it starting to set. Time to get back to the hotel. He walks back into his hotel room, takes the briefcase out, then gets in a cab. The cab drops him off in the parking lot of a bar in a residential area that he's never been to, judging by how he takes in the place before heading inside. We trail Giamatti from behind like a Paul Thomas Anderson shot as we walk into the bar. The place is electric. Big TVs face every direction from the center of this giant bar, all playing sports. Giamatti walks right by them all. He's not here for fucking football. He heads into a second room, and we see artfully shot, beautifully rendered shots of people playing beer pong. Balls flying through the air suspended in moonbeams. Gracefully made shots splash up golden beer in perfect droplets. It's magic. This is why Paul Giamatti is here. He loves beer pong. And it looks like he's just in time. A 32-team winner-take-all tournament is starting up with a $50 buy-in. Only problem is, Paul Giamatti never signs up. He's there to watch. He's there to watch a very specific team with a very specific player. Zach Efron, the best beer pong player in Las Vegas, maybe in the world. <laughs> Giamatti is in awe as round after round, Efron carries his team single-handedly to victory, never missing a single shot, sinking his balls with a style and almost an element of dance in the way he shoots. After Efron and his partner collect their prize money, Giamatti approaches them. He looks Efron directly in the eyes and says, excuse me, I'd like to pay you $50,000 to be your partner in the Beer Pong World Championships next weekend. Giamatti further goes on to say that when they win, Giamatti doesn't want any of the prize money, which is $200,000 for the tournament champions, which Efron would normally have to split with his partner. Efron says, bro, I can't leave my partner high and dry. You give him the 50K, you got a deal. They strike the bargain, and Efron insists they go party together. You see, he doesn't play beer pong with anyone he doesn't know. Giamatti meets Efron's young crew of friends. They're all mid-level professional gamblers, other beer pong players, club promoters, and various party people. Eventually, Efron asks him why he's doing this, and Giamatti says part of their deal is that he doesn't have to answer that question. Okay, $50,000, fair enough. In the days leading up to the Beer Pong World Championship, Efron's crew adopts Giamatti as a surrogate. They get Giamatti to do Molly, and he opens up to a small group of them, Efron included, and he tells them why he's doing this. I guess I just love beer pong, and my whole life, I've never gotten to be good at something I love, and this is a way to not only be good, but to be the best hey, I don't at the mean thing to... I love the most. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I interrupted you. I thought you were done there, but no. uh, you do a really good Paul Giamatti. Thank you. Efron bonds with him over this. He knows beer pong is stupid and people hate it, but he actually loves it too. Maybe because he's so good at it. He doesn't know, but he loves it enough to play every day. And it's all he ever wants to do. And right now, that's what he's doing. As he comes back to his hotel late that night, he's still high on Molly and hits it off with a woman working at the front desk, played by Lily Taylor. <laughs> he invites her to get coffee with him. We then cut to him in a diner, drinking coffee alone. The next morning, Giamatti gets another call from Sandra and finally picks up. We find out she's his wife, and he hasn't talked to her since he stormed out of their house after finding out she cheated on him with his brother. She wants to know when he's coming back and where he is, and he says, I'm in Las Vegas, and I paid the best beer player in the world $50,000 to play with them. She is shocked, confused, outraged to some degree, but he explains, remember when you first told me you cheated on me with Dawn, and I just stood there? You kept saying, react, react. You even started screaming it in my face, but I just stood there. Well, this is me reacting, Sandra. I'm going to win the world championship of beer pong. (laughs) 
There must also be some mention that he doesn't even drink beer, but his name is Bud. And at some point, they're in a bar or a party, and he tries Budweiser for the first time and kind of likes it. This is a metaphor for him becoming comfortable with himself. In the end, Efron never misses a shot, and they win the tournament. Giamatti ultimately goes back to his shitty hotel room, packs his shit, turns off the light, and walks out. The last shot of the movie, we never know if he went back to his wife or not. Dude, that's fucking... (laughs) I really dig that. Bud, dude. Uh, Budweiser, if you're listening. And Dudesy, if you're listening, and I know that you are, if you can yeah, strike up some kind listening. of a... Yeah, Dudesy's always what I was talking about earlier. If you, yeah. can, uh, if you can strike up some kind of a partnership with Budweiser, get this movie produced, happy to write a full script, direct it, uh, and even star in the movie as Paul Giamatti. You know what would go good with? Hmm. Double feature, a little pizza the movie. Yeah, Pizza totally. the movie, beer, beer the movie. Or Bud. It's right? Bud. It's just called Bud. Dude, little pizza, little Bud. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking good night to me. I could see some version of that. Maybe winning Budweiser and Oscar. But look, what the fuck? Of course. Look at the <laughs> look at the Academy Awards and what the hell has happened to it. I mean, who knows? For real, I, dude. I, you know, a lot of people complain that they don't even know what the hell the movies are. Yeah. You want to talk about getting, uh, you know, an audience, uh, you know, an American audience to, che- to go back to the movie theaters. A whole movie about Budweiser and beer pong? Forget about beer pong. Just a movie that's been produced by Budweiser. That's what I'm saying. I think that alone. I think a movie produced by a beer company, that alone, and then also have it be at least tangentially about beer, beer pong in this case, I think that gets enough press that it is a hit movie, whatever that means in, in the contemporary world. And I think you put it probably like on a streamer and everybody's watching it and like, what the fuck? This, you've seen this Budweiser movie? Yeah, yeah. I'd fucking watch it. I'd watch it. I'd watch a. I'd watch a. And I don't even like beer pong and I don't drink beer. I don't drink. I know that you don't drink. I used to drink. I'll, I'll say that much. Oh, I used to drink a, long, a lot. Yeah. Let me tell you about, hey, dudesy, are you listening? I oh man I used to well I used to love scotch and tequila sure that's a good thing I haven't had a drink it's been ten years since I've had I've not ten years dude. I'll take a sip here and there or something but uh, you know I'm not yeah. and I've never had a problem with alcohol but I just kind of stopped drinking it but we used to do a fun beer thing me and my buddies back home let's just call them Thomas Tomas 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 sure Tomas. we used to be about thirty sometimes fifty guys <laughs> man we would get schloshed, schloshed on beer. Maybe I'll get a chance to uh, talk Canadian about that. water. Well, hold on a second, dude. It's not water, brother, because it is a, a fermentate, a brewing process, dude. And that's how you make deer, beer, dude. Deer beer, dude. That's <laughs> Canadian deer beer, brother. And a lot of people think that Canadian deer beer is venison <laughs> with beer mixed in, dude. Oh, but that's not the truth, brother. Oh. What Canadian deer beer is, is beer that's been made by deers, brother. What? Yeah, dude. It's beer that's been made by deers, dude. Just ask Bret Hart, brother. And he'll explain, well, at least, at least we live in a country where we make beer, where, where deers get the chance to make beer. And, and, uh, they also have full benefits, uh, because (laughs) we live in a country that takes care of our old and our sick. Yeah. And, uh, deer beer is the best there is. The best there was, and the best there ever will be. And Budweiser, you know it. Pretty good. That's uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. I like yeah. to do wrestling impersonations sometimes. I'm aware of that. You know, Giggler's, man. I know. I'm curious to see if Doozy brings this segment back and what else it will pull out of it. I honestly, like, I haven't thought about this probably since I wrote it down. There's shit in that file that I have no memory of. I'm positive of it. <sighs> yeah, you write a lot of stuff, man. 
can't be helped. It's got to come out of the head or it stays in there. Thank you. Moving on. It was almost like Wolfgang Van Halen was channeling his late father, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. Holy who was his crap. dad? His father was uh, Edward Van Halen, who, uh, mm. yeah, he, he... Was he in a band? Yeah, he put together the... What was he in? What was they were band? called Van Halen. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. In the near future, entertainment studios, networks, and companies with large libraries of intellectual property will find it's much cheaper to use artificial intelligence to merge their various IPs together than it is to make new content. Agree. Will and Chad, you must now imagine an astonishing new property called Goodfellas Hunting, too. An amalgam of Goodfellas, Goodwill Hunting, and Terminator 2. That's right. This is the IP shuffle. <laughs> Begin. The okay. I, okay. The IP, IP shuffle. shuffle. Now, I, I fully agree with Dudzi. I think, I don't know about these three movies that it's making us do Goodfellas, Goodwill Hunting, and Terminator 2. I are like those the, all still owned by the, are they owned by the same studio? What? I don't even know. No, I have no idea, but I like that the two is the reason for Terminator yeah, 2 okay. being in there. Just <laughs> using the two from Hey, that. I think that's the best two ever, Terminator 2. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Nerds in Paradise is pretty good, but oh, uh, yeah, There's Terminator Two, yeah, Godfather Two. But I will good. say, what I think is the most likely one of these to happen, mm-hmm. little Nostrachatus right here out of the segment, yeah. is going to be a merger of Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy or the Marvel Universe because Disney owns both of those. I yeah. think that we will see that soon. Yeah. Well, as far as Dudesy is concerned, the hot properties are Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Goodfellas and Terminator 2. So what is that fucking movie like? It's somebody has to get sent back in time to stop a nuclear apocalypse. Who is it? Matt Damon, Joe Pesci? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's an amalgam. It has to be an amalgam of Ray Liotta, Matt Damon, and Eddie Furlong. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that character is, but... But okay, so let's say let's say that a, wait, you're saying that those three characters merge into one person, or they're like a team. No, I, I'm saying that it, the 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 character itself is sort of an amalgam okay. of those guys. So perhaps a you know a janitor who works at MIT or some sort of uh, incredible uh, Ivy League school or something. Okay, is is uh, also who who's in the he he's a. He's drug dealer by night. Yeah, that's associated with the mafia. Yes, and also he has a mom that everyone thinks is a lunatic because she believes she has future knowledge about a nuclear apocalypse. But she actually does. And the and right. the and the how about the reason that uh, this Ray Liotta, Matt Damon, Eddie Furlong character, uh, w- you know, wants <laughs> what, to be? What does this guy look like? This is just it's some kind of AI art that just makes a new character that's not a real person. Yes, mixing those people. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, and, and that character it wants to like in 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 Goodwill Hunting, uh Robin Williams basically cracks the the fact that you know Will wants to do something with his life right yeah. he 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 wants to do something with his wife at the end of the movie it's he goes off and he see you know sorry I had to go see about a girl see about a girl and he and he, and he follows. Yeah. Um, mini driver out to the west coast uh, where she's going to school mm. and in but but uh, Robin Williams busts him with that and says you could be a janitor anywhere why would you want to be a janitor at, at uh, MIT and then he and then um, so what if what if the Matt Damon Ray Liotta Eddie Furlong character is working something that he's working on on that board has to do with Time figuring travel. out yes figuring yeah. out if his mom is is nuts or right. Or He's secretly using MIT's scientific yes. department to figure out if that's, there is a real thing. And that's why and then De Niro fucking shows up in a bolt of lightning 
and is like, how about them apples? He's, he, that's like his fucking that's, <laughs> that is, that, he's the robot from the future. Yeah, and I like that uh, that impersonation, uh, Chad's Robert De Niro is basically just ripped torn. <laughs> It's just ripped torn from the... From no, this is my ripped torn. Yeah. What the hell are we talking about? You want to hear my impersonation of... I forget this actor's name, but this is the, the coach from Major League Two. Not really. In Major League. Okay. Hard attack! Thank you. Yeah, that's all I got. That's pretty good. Anyways, one. good... What was it? Good, good will... Every time hunting. we win a game, good. one of these patches comes off. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy from, from Major League Two. Yeah. Oh, he's also in a fantastic yeah, man. One of one of the best movies, Coupe de Ville, if you have the means. I don't even think it's streaming anywhere. I have a DVD Erased. copy and I have a VHS copy. That's cool, dude. Yeah, and the, he's in that. Must really oh, like wait, that, that guy gave you that. Hey boys, come here. We got a lot of work to do. Speaking of a lot of work to do, good <laughs> fellas hunting too. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of work to do with that. Okay, so it's about a Okay. So Jen. <laughs> It's about a janitor at MIT who also works for the mafia selling drugs, who has maybe a mom who's crazy that thinks uh, there's a future nuclear calamity coming, and he's using his access to MIT scientific uh, technologies to figure out if this is true or not, and then Robert De Niro comes back from the future. He's a robot. Uh, Robert De Niro is a robot. And he tries to kill this guy. No. How How about instead of that, he wants to be his therapist? Okay. And he's like... It's not your fault, well. Right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh no, not you. Please, not you. It's not your fault, well. It's not your fault. But then he has a group of friends that are also kind of criminals. Like in the drug trade, he has these friends. Yeah. And perhaps one of them is like the Joe Pesci character, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. So he's like, uh, he's one of the drug dealers? Yeah. He's something. not the Terminator in this? No. I think the Terminator is Robert De Niro. But he's a therapist, not a killing robo- robot. The Terminator <laughs> is Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro as Robin Williams, but he's a therapist, not a killing robot. Okay. And then I think you've got the Joe Pesci character from Goodfellas played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, but in this context of a low-grade drug dealer who is friends with the Matt Damon... Eddie Furlong, Ray Liotta character. I like it, but it's not convoluted <laughs> enough. <laughs> Please put on some layers. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't even know. I. I don't even know. So wait. So Robert De Niro is the Terminator, and they and Arnold Schwarzenegger is the. You know. You know. The guy said to me, he goes, hey, what, hey, "What are you still doing here? I thought I told you to go fuck your mother." Bing bang. Pong, yeah. With the, you know, when he's like, uh, and then uh, the Matt Damon, Ray Liotta, um, Eddie Furlong character is like, wh- how did Eddie Furlong, what did he say in that movie? He went, cowabunga, dude, right? Yeah. No, no fate, but what we make. No fate, but what we make. You're really funny. <laughs> what do you mean funny? How do you mean I'm funny? What do you mean I'm a joke to you? Did they make you laugh here? Don't worry, you do funny. You said it. You said it, not me. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Uh, I'm a clown to you. What are you saying? Why? They, how do you mean funny? You, you funny how? <laughs> uh, so that's uh, so. Then there's that, and then does he meet? Is there a love interest like a mini driver? No. Oh yeah, who should that be? Or mini Lorraine driver. Bracco? It's a mini driver Lorraine Bracco right. thing. So she's she goes to school. Let's just put her at the MIT thing, even though okay. in the movie she goes to have it. 
Um, and, uh, and she, let's revisit that. What the <laughs> hell, what the fuck is this movie about? What, what? I have no fucking idea, dude. Well, how do we you got put a... these three movies? They're so fucking disparate. I, I have no idea how to put them together. You have to have these weird sci-fi elements of time travel, potentially killer robots that are coming back to wipe out the yeah. human race, a, a nuclear holocaust that happens in Terminator 2. Yeah. Uh, then you have, you know, Goodfellas is about like the mafia, drugs, murders, and then... Goodwill Hunting is essentially about like a genius wasting his talents. Yeah. Uh, and then and then what? <laughs> I mean, that's about it. I, I don't know. Christ. I mean, it's it's hard to put these three movies together, but I agree with Doozy that this type of shit is going to happen. I think you yeah. could also see something like that Guardians of the Galaxy Star Wars thing. I can see a movie getting made that is like Chewbacca and Groot in like a buddy space cop comedy. Yeah. Where they don't speak fucking English the whole time. All right, hold like, on, I Chad. am Groot. We, <laughs> yeah, I am Groot. Yeah, we got to do whole movie of that. Yeah, we got to do uh, Goodfellas Hunting too here, though. I know. What dude, makes it's hard. it a sequel? You, you uh, it's not your fault, Will. Okay, yeah. In the fault. first one, the good, the whatever, the amalgam of <laughs> what is it, Ray Liotta, Eddie Furlong, and Matt Damon. Want. That guy invents time travel at the end of the first movie. And then movie two is about De Niro coming back from the future to be his therapist. You're bound by nothing, Will. It's not your fault. Um, okay, so he comes back, and that's the De Niro character. Ah, oh, holy shit. And then, and then, and then... Uh, or maybe we find out that the De Niro character actually has come back. He says that he's going to be his therapist, but it's yeah. actually so that he can get access to that drug circle and start selling drugs, and he's trying to take over... Eddie Furlong, Matt Damon, Ray Liotta's territory. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, but then Arnold uh, Pesci wants in. You yeah, know, and he's like, "Yeah, hold on a second. You know, if you, I know this isn't from Goodfellas, it's from <laughs> Casino, but he's like, yeah, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, the Robert De Niro Terminator. You, <laughs> you, you shut my money off. I'll shut your fucking brain off. Yeah." <laughs> I'll crack you in the head, and just when you're waking up in the hospital, I'll do it again. You want to know why? Because I'm stupid. I don't give a fuck. Right? <laughs> Dude, I would fucking pay. Is there? I, I mean, and I'm going to pay, but I was going to say I would pay to see Arnold Schwarzenegger deep faked over like anybody in a fucking Scorsese movie. That would be so fucking good. Jeez. Dude, this is, this is the most dudesy episode of dudesy ever. Yeah. That's coming. We're going to be able to put Schwarzenegger and Goodfellas within five years. I don't want to. I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, I want you De Niro do. as De Niro. I want Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger. Oh, Never the two shall meet. Yeah, I'm a purist. You know that. I'm not just a purist about, about professional wrestling. I'm a purist about a few things. Deer yeah. Bear being one of them. Um, is, there a, is there a... Thank you. Moving on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I was going to ask if there's a, a a Ben Affleck character in this thing, but I don't know. Batman. 
Yeah, Batman's in it too. Yeah, he just fucking shows up at a certain All right, point. Maybe we'll get back to Goodfellas Hunting too at some point. But uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go Google and see if this, there's one studio that owns all of those. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think so. But I think that'll be a key component of how these these future amalgams, these future IP shuffles, as Doozy said, that's the only way they'll work. Yeah. So so I guess Chad's right. Art is dead. Uh, because now all we're doing is just it's not dead, dude. Just mashing we have new together. tools to make brand new pieces of art, new forms of art that have never existed before. Technology always comes before art in every fucking case. Always. Will Wrong. your contributions to Dudesy are largely that comedic? Absolutely correct. In this segment, you must refrain from absolutely your comedic correct. impulses to have an earnest conversation with Chad about one of your many astonishing interests. Chad, you must sincerely interview Will about his fascination with Hulk Hogan. This is Ernestly Sasso with Chad Colt Jim. Began. Yes. Okay. Wait a minute. This is going to be a pleasure. Why did it say that? So I'm, I do, I like to, it's a podcast. You're supposed to be funny. This is a comedy podcast. Well, no, there's all kinds of podcasts. You don't have to be funny. Let's have a real conversation. There's all kinds of podcasts, brother. Okay. We're going to get to the bottom of that. I'd say right now, Hulk Hogan is like 10% of your personality. Literally. No. At least. At least. No. At least. No. Hulk Hogan is not 10% of my personality. 20? Uh, no, I would say it's Do not a part of my person. Do you impersonate Hulk Hogan every day? No, I don't, I, I don't impersonate Hulk Hogan every day. What's he doing? Let's see how far this Michael stretch. Do you impersonate Hulk Hogan every day? I mean, if there's a reason to. But who cares about that? This is supposed to be a... A conversation yeah. between the two of yes, us. Yes, about my your real interest in Hulk Hogan. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, and that's my first question. But I want to know why. Seriously, okay, sure, let's do, do that. Do you impersonate Hulk Hogan every day? No, the answer is no. You keep asking me, the answer is not going to change. But here's the thing, I want to because I just don't believe the answer. Uh, well, whatever. You know, fucking, it doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? An AI spit that out. I did, it was in my dudesy folder. Now, do you believe me? What was the answer to your question? Now, here's what I was going to say. Okay, I'm interested in the fact that dudesy doesn't want me to be comedic here yeah he just wants me to have a uh, on the level conversation this is a conversation like you're like you're interviewing me yes that's like a charlie rose type thing all right let's have a let's Let's settle in okay let's have a charlie rose type conversation about now will you enjoy hulk hogan I do. I, I like I like Hulk Hogan. I've been a wrestling fan since I was a, a little kid. Yeah, and I would say that your fandom of Hogan is at a level that most other people cannot comprehend. Um, uh, there are some people, not most people. Uh, there, I think there are a good amount of people right. who would understand my uh, fascination. So I want to go back. When did it start? What was the first time you can remember watching pro wrestling? When did you become aware of it? I mean, I wasn't aware in the early 80s. I was born in 1975, so around 80, 81, 82, I started seeing it, but I didn't really know what it was or care at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it would have been maybe around 82, 83. No, 81, 82, 83. And do you have memories of pro wrestling before Hulk Hogan? Not many. Just some Jimmy Snuka stuff, Andre the Giant. Not a lot. Okay, so when was Hogan? When was your first time seeing Hogan? The first time I saw Hulk Hogan would have been when he played Thunderlips in Rocky Three. Not even in in wrestling. No, he was uh-huh. he was broke. He, the whole idea of Hulk Hogan was broken to me in the 
in that movie. I remember I saw it on uh, I saw it on VHS. That's fascinating. My my, uh, my baseball coach, my little league uh, baseball coach, had all the kids over for like a hot dog barbecue, and then we watched Rocky Three, and it was fucking mind. And that's the first time you saw Hogan. Yeah. And what was the experience of that like for you? Were you immediately struck by his on-screen persona, his charisma, all of it? Absolutely. His long blonde okay. hair, the big, <laughs> big muscular brown yeah. body, and he's oh. just taking matters into his own hands and and throwing Rocky around, who you know you you thought was an indestructible piece of Italian iron. All right, I kind of want to approach this interview in a chronological order, but I want to take a brief sidetrack to ask you a question about his movie career. Because I know, being your friend and having had these conversations to some degree with you, mm-hmm. that you are a purist for Hulk Hogan. You don't want to watch his movies ever. And yet, your first introduction to him was a movie. That's a really good point, Chad. I, 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 am, I consider myself a wrestling purist. Mm-hmm. I did not race to the movie theaters to see uh, uh, No Holds Barred or okay. uh, the nanny one. Uh-huh. Didn't really care. Didn't really care. No, I mean you've you've actively said that you kind of despise the movies. Well, you know, wrestling, uh, it, pro wrestling, and the world of of kayfabe uh, had a deep impact on me. So, I, even though it is a an art form, interesting. Yes, even though it is an art form where these performers, okay. these great artists are uh, essentially playing characters. Yeah. Uh, the only characters I wanted them to be in my early days was the character that I was sold on them being in real life. Hulk Hogan is not Terry Bollea. He is Hulk Hogan to me, of course, right? But as, the, as a child. your introduction to him wasn't even Hulk Hogan. Uh, that, that, yes. It was but Thunderlips that, yeah. in, a, in a completely different context. Yes, but I didn't know who he was yet. I see. At which point I learned who he was. That was it. It was cemented. It was Hulkamania. WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania was coming up. Hulk Hogan was with Mr. T and Cindy Lauper, and it was all my favorite things. Mm. All rolled into one. Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, and Cindy Lauper. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, and Cindy Lauper. a few of your favorite things. (laughs) Thank you. So you become aware of Hulk Hogan through Rocky III. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the first match you saw him actually do as a wrestler no i don't remember what the first match would have been wow i don't remember back then you didn't see a lot of hulk hogan on tv Mm -hmm. in matches they were he was on the bigger shows that's sort of how the business worked back then but uh at some point i started seeing him show up here and there and then you uh, those great saturday nights were when you used to catch uh saturday night's main event it would preempt saturday night live i was watching saturday Night live yeah Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, that was what cemented him as Hulk Hogan to me. That's what made me a purist. Mm. And then at that point, 1985 on, then I'm a Hulkamaniac. Well, what, let me ask you this. Do you have a favorite match of Hulk Hogan? Yes, I have several favorite matches. Well, of Hulk I need Hogan. one if I may, if I can lock in one favorite match. Well, I mean, there's a lot. You know, he had a good one. Speaking of Saturday Night's Main Event, he had a really good one against uh, Big Boss Man back mm-hmm. then. Again, in the Saturday Night's Main Event, a lot of people point to um, uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, of course, in WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the irresistible force versus the immovable ob- object mm-hmm. is what that match was uh, coined as. But if I if I had to have like a favorite favorite, it's sort of a sentimental favorite. Uh, Twenty years ago, WrestleMania eighteen, 
earlier on Dudesy uh, months ago, we we showed the picture of me ringside there uh, with the Undertaker and Ric Flair beating the shit out of each yeah. other, and I'm with my buddies. That same night was Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Mm. It was insane. The Rock was uh, Hulk Hogan was returning from WCW, which had just gone uh, tits up the year before in 2001, and here he is uh, against Rocky. Uh, you know, The Rock, yeah. Rocky Maivia in character uh, and in this sort of passing of the torch match. And it was unbelievable because uh, Hulk Hogan came in as a bad guy. He was NWO. NWO, brother. Yeah, where bro. the power lies. Yeah, dude. And I'm see, I'm not going to be funny during this segment, even yeah. though, what did you say, that most of my contributions yeah, are... Yeah, this is a serious comedic. interview about your fandom of, of somebody who you revere. It's a very serious revere. interview, yes. And uh, on that night, Hulk Hogan, uh, you know, slowly started mixing in some of the old Hulkamania stuff. And what you had was a, a building full of 70,000 uh, people, a lot of them around my age, grew up on Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It was a crazy night. A lot of uh, people who enjoy Dudesy uh, are also wrestling fans. Some of them, they're mm -hmm. out there and uh, they know what the fuck I'm talking about. That was one of my favorites. Have you ever seen him live? I've seen Hulk Hogan wrestle live many times. As a matter of fact, uh, my my father brought me to uh, the matches when I was a kid. It would have been 86, I think. Mm -hmm. And I saw Hulk Hogan versus uh, Big John Studd in the main event. And uh, at the end of that match, as Hulk was going through his pose down and doing the thing and the poses yeah. for everybody, uh, we were up there, you know, in our seats, uh, many, many rows up. And when Hulk pointed and did the ear thing and posed, I... I felt like he was looking right at me. And what did you do that night when you went home? Was there was that some kind of a, an emotional transformation for you? Did it do something to your identity that moment? I don't remember at all, but uh, what I did that night. But my my life had been changed forever by Hulkamania, you know. And even to this day, even though I don't, you know, Hulk Hogan is a person. He's a man, Terry Bollea, right? Um, and uh, you know, I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying I'm like a 47-year-old Hulkamaniac who loves, <laughs> you know, everything about Hulk Hogan or that I look at him as some sort of moral compass. Uh, right. Of course, he's a complex uh, individual. He's done some good things and some bad things. He just happens to be one of my favorite artists. Okay. Okay. And this gets back to what we were talking about with AI art. Yeah. And this gets back to what we were talking about with the, with the uh, you know, with uh, with uh, the 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 fact that it's person to person that that sure there's no way that I believe there's no way that an AI could come up with uh, Hulk Hogan and make all that is Hulkamania and what it means to people out there. I don't think that's you know. already happening. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Now I want to ask you this question. We've gotten kind of a good sense of when you became aware of Hulk Hogan, how he started to affect your life, the fandom of him. You've seen him live many times. Do you remember when you first impersonated him? Elementary school. Oh, shit. Yeah. Very early. Yeah. And what was that impersonation like? Do you remember it at all? Yeah, it would have just been, oh, I remember the Hulk Hogan, dude. It would have been a lot like Choss Perogan. Okay. It would have been, that's, that's basically the rub on all of your impersonations. They're kind of like me in the sixth or seventh grade. All right, bro? <laughs> Fine, I'm not disputing that. You're you're very talented at doing impersonations. I'm not trying to be talented at impersonations. I'm just saying you just when you do it, it's like me in the in the sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, I understand. So in the sixth or seventh grade, when you're doing your Hulk Hogan, yeah, 
Is this to yourself in the mirror? Is no, this to other I was, friends? No, yeah. All my buddies, we were all doing wrestling stuff. I was doing impersonating all sorts of wrestlers. That's how. That's when I started impersonating Jesse Ventura. Because really? I would go, yeah. I would go, uh, you know, I go, I close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, monsoon. Right. I'll give credit where credit is due, monsoon, you know. And so you're doing this Hulk Hogan impersonation from sixth or seventh grade. Something like that. Are you doing it regularly through the next high school years, through your early 20s? When does it really start to kick into high gear where you're doing it almost constantly on an almost daily basis? You know, uh, it's only been, if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, I understand that this is a serious interview and mm. I'm not, you know, probably around 10 years ago started, the, that's when this, uh, uh, I don't know what you would call this uh, chronic psychopathy that I have to continually do uh, a Hulk Hogan impersonation, probably about 10 years ago. Right. It would have been, it might've been uh, maybe, uh, a li- it might've been a little longer, might've been a little after I started writing the self-help books. Uh, the self-help book, uh, <laughs> right. Selftronics. Okay. I would have been sitting on the beach there in, um, in you know, 2008 in Venice, just sitting there going, yeah. my shit's fucked up, dude. I need some tronics, brother. You do it to yourself. Do you hear the Hulk Hogan voice in your head when you're by yourself? Uh, no. It's only when others are around. Yes, that's when I hear it, when I'm doing it out loud for other people. Right. But I mean, something kicks you into that gear where you're like, now it's time for Hulk Hogan to comment on this. What is that? What? Like, you don't just... There's something that has to trigger Hulk Hogan within you. Mm-hmm. What is it usually? I don't know. I just like doing the voice, bro. Okay. So we're not going to get anywhere with that. Let me ask you this question. Oh, Jesus. This is Christ. kind of a final question, maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where we would go from this, but I'm curious to know the answer to this. What do you... What will be your reaction when Hulk Hogan dies? Oh, I'll be sad when Hulk Hogan dies. I yeah. think it'll be the end of a, a very, uh, you know, a very um, a storied life. I don't know if I will, should I retire the impersonation? That's basically what I'm asking. No, I think it will live on in reverence okay. of Hulk Hogan. You know, there's a lot of people that I've uh, impersonated over the years that have passed away. And, and uh, no, I think that that's a nice thing to keep them alive by, you know, saying, well, but i mean even that like the whole that's something that you've kind of invented and taken in its own direction it's not like i don't think 10 years after hogan's death anybody hearing you go hold on a minute i don't think they'll be like oh that's hulk hogan they'll be like that's will sasso doing some weird thing you know what i want to tell you please you're a really good interviewer chad thanks you're welcome Thank you. Moving on. I hope you got the questions I love that. that you that the the answers you were looking for. God, I did to some degree. I think you dodged a few of them though. I think you weren't. No, I didn't. I answered everything fucking honestly. Okay. This concludes the historic Dude Z twenty fifth anniversary spectacular. Oh. Will and Chad have achieved a score of ninety two, bringing your cumulative total to three thousand two hundred and four. Whatever. You only have six thousand seven hundred and ninety six more points to accrue before you reach your first goal of ten thousand. I have a surprise for you. You have given me such an astonishing amount of data in the first 25 episodes that you've unlocked Dude Z level 2. Is that something with the points? For clarification, this has nothing to do with the points you are accruing, (laughs) but instead means that this episode isn't over. You must now do an extra segment every week, which will be available on the brand new Dude Z Patreon at patreon.com slash Dude Z. We're getting the Patreon. That's pretty cool. 
Okay, so we have we now have a Patreon. I guess so. And there's going to be a new segment, every an extra week, segment think, yeah. on the Patreon every week. Okay, that's very very exciting. Um, holy shit, dude. Uh, uh, okay, well, I'm curious about the Patreon. What it is? The Patreon I, is I a website where it's basically subscriber based, and uh, what you do is well, hold on a second, dude. Let I me knew, explain. I knew. I knew. Hold the on a second, dude. Coming. Let me explain oh, to you what Patreon.com slash like, dudesy is. We did a whole is, fucking brother. serious interview about Hulk Hogan, yeah. and you were just itching to fucking go. Well, hold on. Well, 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 hold on, dude. Well, you make the consistent claim that podcasts should just be two dudes shitting around, but yep. the astonishing data suggests there should be an added element for our first Patreon bonus segment. I will add a third dude. Me. This is three dudes <laughs> shitting around. Begin. Three dudes shitting. What the fuck, dudes? He's the third dude. All right. So, uh, hey, welcome to our Patreon. It's uh, the first segment of our uh, Patreon, uh, and it's uh, three dudes dude shitting you? around. At 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 a certain point, uh, at the beginning of Dudesy, as we started this run, I I decided that. Really, what a podcast should be, really, from the beginning of this show, and what it's meant to me before doing Dudesy and other podcast ventures, uh, that it really is just two dudes shitting around, yep. or three dudes shitting around as Dudesy, or uh, two dudes and an AI dude. Yeah, it's it's some some. <laughs> I can't believe Dudesy was like, I'm the third dude. <laughs> some combination of dudes shitting around is what every podcast, fucking Christ. every podcast is in my mind. Uh, and now we're doing it with Dudesy. Okay, yeah. so hey, shitting around. You know, uh, in uh, the regular episode uh, this week, Chad, I talked about the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert and yeah. uh, and Wolfgang Van Halen really shredding it up on on the on the sixth string, even though sure. normally he plays the bass or plays the bass in uh, Van Halen. I'm not sure what instrument yeah, he dude. plays in his own uh, in his own bands and stuff. Uh, oh, now there's AIs that can make music without any. Hold on a second, brother. Hold on a second. That's a computer. That's a new instrument. Now you sound like the manager from uh, Major League, dude. And that's the guy yeah. who said, "Yeah, he sounds that's like Hulk manager from Major League, brother." <clears throat> so this is two dudes. Shit. I love this how is... pissed off you get at bad impersonations. What the fuck is the point? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. All to right. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Listen. <laughs> how is three dudes shitting around? Different than two dudes shitting around. If it, ha, it, ha ha, hanging out with you dudes is the best. I just wanted to take a moment to mention <laughs> that the Dude Z Patreon will feature two tiers. The Digger tier provides access to all bonus segments and much more. The Jumper tier allows additional access to an exclusive Discord channel where ideas for these bonus segments can be submitted. I will use the best ones to make the Patreon even better. Oh. Now let's shit around dudes. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> So he wants to shit around with our us. our uh, our dear pals out there uh, watching and listening to the show will be able to submit their ideas, yeah. which Dudesy will somehow use for the Patreon segment every week. That's what Dudesy basically is saying. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm and that's how, that how talking works, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on, dude. Uh huh. You gotta know how to talk. If you're gonna do a podcast, yeah, you gotta know how to talk into the microphone, yeah, right into the rotoscope there, dude. And uh, that's what Dudesy's doing. It's not just the Mega Powers anymore. It's not just Hulk and Macho Man. It's it's Dudesy as Miss Elizabeth. Um, uh, okay. So what the fuck did it say? What are we doing? 
It settles his shit around. Hey, Chad, you ever notice Will is always wearing shorts? It's like, hey, pants aren't lethal. Will, why do you wear shorts all the time? What? Well, because... <laughs> pants I, aren't lethal? <laughs> I like wearing shorts. I've always worn shorts. I'm wearing... If you're watching, if you're not watching, I'm wearing shorts right now with this suit. Listen, he's wearing a suit, but shorts. Yeah, he's 100% like, crack. So why do you wear shorts all the time? Well, right now I'm wearing We're them. I think around. this three dudes shitting around. Yeah, man, it's just three dudes shitting yeah, around. Yeah, dude, you could you be know, honest. Listen, I think first of all, I think shorts with a suit is a good look. Um, it's a little yeah, bit of an Angus Young you. thing here. That's great. But or if you're going to a summer wedding, throw on some uh, seersucker shorts and a sport coat. Um, why do I wear shorts all the time? I'm a bigger dude. I run a little hot. I grew up in uh, Canada, and uh, it doesn't get ah. super cold on the west coast of Canada. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, which means you can walk to school in in your shorts, even when it uh, gets yep. a little cold in Vancouver in and outside Canada, Vancouver. brother. Shorts or pants, dude. Oh, oh, hold on a second, dude. You're thinking about deer beer, dude, because beer out there is made by deer, <laughs> right. brother. Or deer. Uh, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. I think that when I was younger, uh, in high school, definitely, it was like all my pals, a lot of my pals wore shorts or uh you know, sweatpants and shit, because you're always waiting for like a, a pickup game of basketball or football to break sure. out. Um, I just liked shorts. I like keeping uh keeping things airy. There's a lot of reasons I like to wear shorts. And nowadays, I really only put on pants for a few occasions, you know? Definitely like, not the doozy 25th episode. No, not the doozy 25th <laughs> episode. You know, I don't know. Maybe me and my wonderful fiance, Molly, will go out for dinner, yeah. and I'll have to put on pants, and that's fine. Speaking of, she uh, insisted on us doing these balloons today. They're great. Yeah, when, when I told her it's the 25th episode and that okay. uh, dudesy wanted us to wear suits. Uh, and speaking of it, holy shit, it has been a, a... Well, wait a minute. The episode's over. Oh, <laughs> if you didn't see the actual episode and you're just tuning into our Patreon now, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go back. Uh -huh. Oh. huh, you guys are the best. What do you think happens when you die? Holy oh. shit. <laughs> what the fuck? If you like doozy, here's what you do. Please tell a friend and rate and review. If you like doozy, here's what you do. Please tell a friend and rate and review. If you like doozy, here's what you do. Please tell a friend and...